Cowboy Nation. Stand to your feet. Let's get things going the best way, the right way. This will be another episode of the Late Night Hype. We don't have DJ Skywalker still. No, we got another field though. We're going to get this thing the best way possible. We got the unbelievable special guest for the night, Anthony. Right, let's go. What's up with you, big dog? It's good to see you again, man. I'm glad you uh, blessed us with your time. How's everything going over there? Everything is going well, man. Can't complain, you know, trying to deal with everything that's happening, but it's going as good as it can go right now. Right, right. It's a lot of tension going on right now. Uh, it's just, it's just a one more thing that it seems like it's just one thing after another with that. But I think the biggest thing with this that I see is that it's it's touched everywhere. You know what I mean? It hasn't yeah. just hit one particular state. This yeah. has been worldwide, and I think people are just, I think people, in my opinion, just had enough. Oh yeah, no, and listen, man, enough has been enough, and I think that this was a tipping point, along with mm-hmm. everything that was going on with the COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this right you know, this happening um, with the killing of George, I think it was kind of like, um, you know, it was a tipping point. And I think it was something that needed to happen um, from a standpoint of uh, the world coming together, you know, especially this country, uh, all different races coming together to combat this problem that we've always had, we've always had for over 400 years. Right. And uh, so, so enough is enough. And, uh, and it's good to, to see uh, everybody come together. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's jump into some football, man, because it's you know it's not a lot of that's been going on around. But let's talk about some football. And let's talk about mm-hmm. Mr. Anthony Wright. Now, yes, sir. I, we uh, did an interview about a year ago, yeah, and uh, it was an awesome interview. But the good thing about it, it was a year before you know Dak had his season, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. But let's go back about talking about you with the Cowboys and because we just had we were just talking off air how we had Woody on we had mm-hmm. George Teague on you actually were playing with them at the mm-hmm. time with the young puck they were the guys that were established you came in kind of talk about how you came in with the Cowboys and the situation and kind of how it um you know how you thought the situation was in Dallas well I came in from Pittsburgh um they brought me in for a tryout I did well to try out so I was when I was there I was behind uh when I first got there, I was behind Troy. Oh, wow. Um, and so I had a chance to see him play. Uh, I was there with Emmett. Uh, so I was there with a few of the guys that had won Super Bowls uh, in the 90s. Um, but they were on the tail end of their careers. Um, so I got a chance to see how they work, got a chance to see how, how they focus, especially Troy. Troy's one of probably one of the most focused players I've ever uh, been around. Um, and he was very businesslike. So. Um, coming in and having a chance to, to watch them and, and learn from them, you know, it was a great experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good Go stuff, ahead, man, uh, coming in and uh, being the uh, backup to Troy Aikman is a wonderful experience. Uh, when we think about that, when we think about Dak Prescott, he's supposed mm-hmm. to be in a backup quarterback. Nevertheless, yeah. nobody sit there and say, okay, I don't want the opportunity. He took right. advantages of the opportunity just like you did. Right. Uh, can you explain to the people how much of a, a strain that would be just to be a backup and try to learn everything and play for the America's team, the Dallas Cowboys? Can you explain to the people uh, how that feels? It's a lot of pressure. You know, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys is, you know, it's funny. Uh, and I played for a couple other teams, and I actually played, uh, got more playing time with, with the Ravens. 
but you know, a lot of places that I go, people always recognize me from from Dallas. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, it's America's team, big dog. Uh, Come on, man. It don't matter yeah. who you play for. It don't matter who you are, man. You probably can get a contract sponsor deal right now. <laughs> yeah. So, man, it's a lot of pressure, man. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think he came in. Uh, he was in a good position, though. He had, um, you know, he was on a good team. Had a good offensive line, good running back. Uh, had good receivers he was throwing to at the time. He was in a good position, and uh, you know, to come in and play for America's team, man, it's it's a lot of pressure. But um, you know, I think he's done well so far. Yeah, definitely. Is, is, now, is it, is it, go, go ahead, my bad, James, because you already oh, know I, I'm over no. here hogging the mic, man. <laughs> no, no, you get it because one thing I want to ask is because your first year with Dallas, uh-huh. Troy Aikman was kind of on it out. Yes. Um, he had the concussion. He got yes. knocked out. They had Randall Cunningham there. Yes. And then the next year, they draft Quincy Carter. Yes. So mm-hmm. my thing was – did they already kind of predestined since you were kind of around the situation? Did they already kind of predestined as Quincy being the guy and you being the backup? Was that already predestined? So you, in your heart, did you feel like you ever really had a chance to be a, the guy in Dallas? Well, I'll tell you the honest God truth. What happened was um, I went to, when I came to the Cowboys, um, I had a knee situation. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a knee situation that uh, wasn't done correctly when I was in um, in college. And after that first year, because I ended up starting like the last three or four games um, there in, in Dallas. And, mm-hmm. and I was on a practice squad for most of the year. And then I ended up starting like the last three or four games. And I did pretty well um, for the most part. And um, they went into the offseason and, and I met with the coaches and the coaches was like, they loved me. They loved everything that I did. They loved the fact that I was able to come in, learn the offense the way I did and play as well as I did with no reps. And so they were very optimistic about with, with me about the situation. But I think what happened was, um, you know, they had a, a, a front office meeting and they met with the doctors. Mm-hmm. And when they met, when they met with the doctors, the doctors um, said that you know I had no upside because of my knee. And mm-hmm. uh, so then they went ahead and they moved forward in the draft, and that's mm-hmm. when they drafted Quincy. So when Quincy came in, we knew that Quincy was going to be the guy. And that, I didn't, I didn't realize uh, what the situation was until after they drafted Quincy. And after they drafted Quincy and I realized that they had an issue with my health, then I went ahead and, and got my knee done on their dime. I, I think we, we played uh, that year. Um, well, actually, going into that year, they had, they had just drafted Quincy. They had mm-hmm. Tony Banks. Um, they had myself. And they had Clint Sterner. And um, Clint uh, Sterner. Wow. Stern. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, dog. Yeah. They end up getting rid of Tony Banks in camp because uh, yeah. you know, Tony was acting up, and so it was me and Quincy, and I was going to back up Quincy. Uh, and so Quincy um, went in as a starter, and uh, I ended up playing a few games that year. And then after the – I think I ended up playing against the Redskins, and we won that game. And I, um, after that game, my knee swelled up a little bit, and then mm-hmm. I shut it down for that season. So that's kind of what was going on. I was having some health issues and, and – um, you know, I guess you know they just they made the best decision for them. So, oh wow! So with the knee, was it like uh, bone to bone rubbing together, or was it well, like something to do with the cartilage, or what? What, what was going on? Well, when in college, uh, we was playing against Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up tearing my ACL, MCL, meniscus, two and two hamstring tendons. Ooh! And um, what happened was when I had my surgery, I had mm-hmm. surgery from the team. I had my surgery from the team doctor, and. Uh, he didn't tie my ACL down. 
and uh, my ACL mm-hmm. still lacks. And so, um, but I didn't know that um, until I was in the league. And mm-hmm. so then by the time I found that out, um, I got it fixed in Dallas, like I said, and then I was able to go to Baltimore. And, uh, and, and that's why I was, um, I ended up playing the most in Baltimore, but yeah, that's kind of how my career went. It was, it was kind of like a up and down Rocky road, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was, it was a kind of road that was made for me. So no doubt, no doubt. See, well, you know, what's so crazy though about it though, you was at Dallas and you was mm-hmm. going back and forth with Quincy and it just seemed to me that they had out kind of pencil him the guy, but it's crazy where that you said that about the injury that it seemed like it was more about, they really liked you and you would have mm-hmm. been the guy but the injury kind of knocked you out, and so it pushed Quincy to the forefront. You mm-hmm. leave Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. You yes. go over to Baltimore, and you turned up. I mean, they had yes. Kyle Bowler. You took his spot, and you mm-hmm. had a nice team over at Baltimore. You had Jamal Lewis that ran for 2,000 yards, I believe, that year you were there. Yes. You had an all-world defense, Ray Lewis, Adarius Thomas. Like, you had mm-hmm. all the, the nasty defense, and you yes. had, like, five and two yes. your, your, your year at Baltimore, right? Yes, yes. I came in, man. It's crazy. Um, uh-huh. um, uh, when I went at, when I went to Baltimore, they drafted uh, Kyle, and they had a guy by the name of Chris Redmond. And so they had drafted Chris Redmond in the third round. Uh, they had drafted uh, like two years prior to that, and they drafted uh, um, Kyle in the first round that year. And so um, when we went into camp, mini camps and stuff, um, I played so well, man, that um, the coach pulled me to the side. Was like, you know, if we had a name of starter today, you would be our guy. Um, but he was like, you know, with the situation being the way it is and the business being the way the business is, you're probably not going to get a fresh shake. Hmm. Uh, wow. You know, because they had Chris Redman and they had who was a third-round draft pick and they had Kyle who was a first-round draft pick. So he was going to basically let them battle it out. Hmm. And I was going to basically be a be a third third guy, third-string guy. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, you know, the, the, the thing that I respect about that is that they actually told me. Like, they, he sat me down. He told me the situation. He was straight up with me. He's like, listen, this is a situation. I didn't like to hear that, you know, but at the same time, I respected it because it let me know where I was. Versus when I was in Dallas, uh, when I was going through that, that whole situation, nobody really talked to me and told me anything. It was kind of like I was just hearing it on the fly or I was just watching it. You know, I, I went, we was playing, when I was in Dallas, we were playing uh, Oakland. And I was playing. Um, and after the game, I found out that Jerry actually had uh, Ryan Leaf at the game, <laughs> so wow. So, wow, yeah. So I'm like, so he has Ryan at the game. So that was one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I went ahead and got my knee done too against that Redskins game because he was already courting other players, and so it was like, well, if he's going to be courting him, then I'm going to go ahead and get my knee fixed. So I, I see where this is headed. And mm-hmm. um, but like I said, but, but back to Baltimore, um, they were straight up with me. Um, they kind of they told me what the deal was, and so. Mm-hmm. Going into that season, all the way up to about the seventh game of the season, we were about a little under 500. And the team was – we were doing a lot of heavy uh, running game uh, with Jamal. Right. And right. and um, and uh, Kyle gets hurt. We were, playing, we were playing at St. Louis, and Kyle gets hurt. And then Chris goes in, and Chris thinks up the second half. And I think we end up losing. And the defensive guys went up to the front office – and asked the coaches in the front office to let me be the starter instead of Chris. Really? Wow. Yes. And that's how I became the starter. That's how you came because the starter. Yes, I, I became the starter. Go, especially, especially if you practicing and you going up against that, that good defense. 
Man. Yes. Who who was the defensive coordinator at that time? Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. Did, uh, what, what, was Mike uh, Nolan or any of those Mike people? Nolan. Mike Nolan. So I'll see, and we got Mike Nolan on the squad. We got now, Mike so. Nolan on the uh, yeah, like like James about to say <laughs> now. So facing against that particular defense, and I know it's a different type of era, different type mm-hmm. of scheme and schematics. Mm-hmm. How is Mike Nolan's defense? Can you can you can you shed some light on it? Oh, because you man. had to go up against those boys. Man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Mike had one of the most sophisticated defenses that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a, a lot of the – we used to call it a UFO, which means, like, <laughs> he would have guys coming from all over the place. You know, guys would be walking Woo! around, and the next thing you know, a strong safety is blitzing, and a, and a defensive end is dropping out playing Mike the Mike linebacker position. And mm-hmm. so he was really tricky. He was really um, – um, he, he studied the game a lot. He was, he was really on top of what he had uh, had to do. Um, defensively, um, mm-hmm. and he caused a lot of problems, man. I saw him, I saw him blow Ben, ben Roethlisberger a lot of times, a lot of times. <laughs> I've seen him. I saw him blow him up, man. I'm talking about guys running scot free. So he has a very sophisticated defense, um, and you know if those guys can get that scheme down, that's a problem. Yes, indeed. And, and, and that's what we like to see. And do me a favor, sit back just a little bit so we can see your face. Oh, okay, yeah. Got we, we got all chest action, man. You be yeah, pumping we that weight right now. We know you got, we know you got big and diesel, but we need to no, see no. your face. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was giving the nation the chest. I can't, you know, you know what? I can't, I can't see myself this, this screen. But yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, with that being said, you, you know, uh, we got a guy named Jalen Smith on our team. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, was Ray Lewis on the team at the time, right? Yeah, yes. So with Mike Nolan, is he kind of like rubbing his hands together uh, with the Jalen Smith and also with the LVEs of the world? Do we have anybody of the caliber that you had on that particular roster? I think so. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. Really, man, the, 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 the X factor for that defense really was Adelius Thomas. Oh yeah, he, he was uh, nasty. Yeah. Because he could do so much, and then you had Ed Reed, um, who could his range was so incredible that he can get from side to side. So, I think the Cowboys, with that with the personnel that you guys have, I think you guys have a chance, especially with Mike at, at the defensive coordinator, you have a chance to to be one of the top defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you something, with Mike, you get one of the best. Like Man, you get one of the best by far. You get one of the best by far. So you know it's a matter of it's a matter of if the guys can pick up on his scheme. So it, let me ask know. you this: You're saying it, it's his scheme? Is it a complicated type scheme? Is it a lot of nuances in that scheme, or is it kind of a re-react, go ahead and make it make plays? No, nah, it's complicated scheme. It's, it's complicated, complicated scheme. scheme. Yeah, oh it's, my goodness! It's got, it, now I know Rob Ryan wasn't on that team. It was Rex Ryan. But I, re- I, I remember when Rob Ryan was coaching over here, were people were saying it was, it was too complicated. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you need, you need, here's what you need, man. You need okay. guys that are going to, you need guys that are going to spend time in the, in the film room. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. So these guys are going to have to dedicate themselves to studying the game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. Are they spending the time to learn what he's trying to do? And, and like I said, with Mike, 
it was guys coming from all over the place. Now, he may have changed. Yeah. But he had guys come from all over the place. And what happens with that is when you have guys come from all over the place, that means that the guys that are blitzing, the guys that aren't blitzing have to fill certain voids. Mm-hmm. And so that means that they have to know where they should be. And if, if one of those guys gets screwed up and gets lost and where he should be, it'll create huge voids in the defense. So it's important uh, those guys know exactly what they need to do and where they need to be. And if they know where they need to be, then the scheme won't be so hard. So that comes with study. They have to study. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and you know what? That's what a lot of people have been talking about. Um, you know, they were even saying that last year, A-Dub, how, you know, guys were in the wrong spots, taking the wrong angles, just not being in the wrong spots and how it threw off the whole defense. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. But let me ask you this, because you was a QB. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. You know, like I said, me and you had the conversation before the year started about Dak. So we saw the full year almost through for 5,000 yards. He got John Kitten as his coach, uh, quarterback's coach. He's not that now. What are your thoughts about Dak Prescott? Do you think he's the franchise guy? And do you think he's to keep on holding out for what he wants to get as far as paid? Wow. Um, talk to me. You know, I personally, honestly, man, um, <laughs> You know, just, you know. Um, Speak it. <laughs> go, go ahead. Hey, get it off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday yeah. we had T go there because a lot of other Cowboys, former Cowboys players like, Dak needs to hold out and get his money. We heard George T give us another angle, did we, Law? Yeah. Where he was like, well, I don't know. You ask him for 40. I don't know about all that. Yeah, just go ahead yeah. and do 35 or go try to maybe play on the franchise tag one year. But he said he thought Dak was the franchise, but, you know, he said, hey, be a little bit diplomatic with the money. We mm-hmm. want to hear your thoughts. It don't matter what you think. Say what you feel. And, and you well, already like you already gave us a nugget earlier, and I'm going to bring it up after you make your statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, um, you know, I want to put him in the top top guys in the league. Okay. Um, um, I think he's solid. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's been fortunate. He's had a uh, good running back. He's had um, – a good offensive line, even though they've been hurt here and there, mm-hmm. but um, has a strong offensive line. Um, if he's in a position to get his money, he needs to get it right. um, because it's business. And and so he has to protect himself. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to his money, I want him to get everything he can get. Mm-hmm. I want him to get everything he can get. Um, but as far as my opinion on just him being that top guy, like one of the top guys in the league, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't put him like I, I wouldn't put him past Russell Wilson. I wouldn't put him past Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't put him past Tom Brady. I wouldn't put him past. Um, I, w- I, I mean, if Cam what about Newton, Deshaun if, Watson? What, what about Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Uh no. Okay. No, I want I want to put him past Deshaun Watson. Is he a top ten quarterback in your eyes? Huh? Is he a top ten quarterback in your eyes? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, so I'll he's still in the top, in the top 10. ten. Yeah, yeah, I'll put him in the top ten. Where would you yeah. rank him? Like, a, where would you rank him? Uh, uh, probably middle way, middle way to pack. Okay. Uh, probably somewhere between seven, eight, seven, I eight, mean, nine. Mm. 
I mean, I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you look at a lot of the people in the publications, that's fair because just the top people you – I mean, we all know he ain't buried no damn Aaron Rodgers, no Tom Brady, no Drew Brees. I mean, come on. we we. I mean, if you're not seeing that or Russell Wilson, if you're not seeing that, you're blind, in my opinion. But I definitely feel like he's a top 10 guy, yes. um, in, in my opinion. And I think he's a franchise guy for the Cowboys because if you look at – what they've been having and what they have right now. And mm-hmm. I also say, and I want to ask your opinion on it. They got Mike McCarthy. Now we see what Mike McCarthy has done with quarterbacks and yes. offenses and things of that nature. Yes. And my thing is said this, this, and I want to ask your opinion, Anthony. I said, if he's done this good with Jason Garrett, if you throw in a Mike McCarthy, how much better of a player can, can he be? Yeah. Coaching do uh, matter though. <laughs> can you yes. agree or disagree? <laughs> I, t- I totally agree. I mean, coaching and coaching is huge. Yeah. You get a guy who uh, who understands concepts, who understands how to call plays, and puts him in good positions to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to help him a lot. I mean, yeah. he, he's played well. Like I said, he's a top ten guy in the league for, for sure. I mean, um, you got you a Super Bowl ring, right? Yes. See, mm-hmm. you got you a Super Bowl ring. What happened? Well, you know, what was it? The coaching? Did they put people around that particular team to get that particular quarterback to get there, or was it just the uh, the, out, the outlook of the collective team? It was Coach Coughlin, man. It was Coach yeah. Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Coach Coughlin was a disciplinarian. Right. And everybody knew their job. Everybody knew what they were supposed to do. And we got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that's how we won it. You know, we, we gained confidence because we ended up playing New England last game of the season and almost beat them. Right. And that gave us confidence going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so we took that confidence – and we took that discipline, and we were able to be successful. And that's one of the things I say about Coach Coughlin. You know, going into New York, you heard all these stories about Coach Coughlin being this hard-nosed guy, difficult to get along with. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't necessarily the, the situation. Coach Coughlin was a great guy to get along with. He was right. – he just wanted you to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wanted you to be five minutes early, which is five minutes early to five minutes earlier – because you're on time, you're late. Five minutes early. He yeah. was five minutes earlier than the five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 10 minutes early. But whatever. If he wants you that early, be there. That's all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's all. Just be there 10 minutes early. And so um, I think that, that, that was the big thing. That's how we got our championship. Yeah, I, I say it all the time. Discipline is everything. And when – the Dallas Cowboys made it to the playoff game in 2007, I believe. That was a year, right, big game, James? Mm-hmm. They already had the celebratory uh, feeling that they're going to oh, go yeah. to Cabo. Yeah. And yeah. I bet you your coach, your head coach at the time, was, was sitting there up. like, was that, nah. What was they talking about in the locker room about that? <laughs> How y'all <laughs> felt about that? Because y'all had to knock us that's, out. It, that's, Super that's crazy. Bowl. Y'all that had to beat. There. That was y'all uh, Super Bowl. That was the craziest that, thing. talking <laughs> about that right now, ain't hey, no? Listen, yeah. before the – before we went out on the field, um, Coach Coughlin circled us up because we didn't know about it. Coach Coughlin circled us up and told mm-hmm. us that Jerry had done had done that, that Jerry had purchased <laughs> tickets already, was already handing out tickets. Wow. And Boy. it lit a fire. See? See? See, James? See, big game, James? Boy. Uh, yeah. I, I need <sighs> these nuggets. It, it lit a fire, man. And we went out there, man, and, and – and play. I mean, the, the guys play unbelievable. And like, mm-hmm. like I told you, the last game of the season we played New England, who was undefeated, and we yeah. almost beat them. And our confidence was high. And so when we went to play the Cowboys that game, um, Coach Coughlin 
circled us up, told us what happened, told us the deal, and that was all we needed to hear. And the guys just, I mean, it, it was almost like it was disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It was disrespectful. And, 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 and when professors take something like that as disrespect, they come out and play a whole lot harder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, especially, you know, already – we say we went to Cabo. We, I think the Cowboys swept the uh, the, the Giants that year. Yes. So yes. We, they came yes. in really high, like, who the Giants? We're going to beat them again. Yes. And I was sitting there like, yes. man, but one thing I can tell you about It's always the, the hardest yeah. time to beat a team three times. Yeah. Yes. You can beat them twice, but that third time the third is time. always the hardest, dog. It mm-hmm. really is. It didn't take really advantage is. of the situation. Oh, I wanted to, to touch a little bit on that nugget. Mm-hmm. You said that when you was with the Cowboys – Jerry Wayne Jones, he brought in Ryan Leaf, right? Or at least yeah, to the yeah. game. Yes. And that made you feel like, man, why will I give my extra effort? Something yes. similar happening and going on right now. And I'm not saying that he's the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying that this brother can walk on water, but his name is Andy Dalton. Yes. How would you feel as, as a quarterback of the America's team if you, Dak Prescott, you have yet to make over $4 million, and they signed this Andy Dalton kid who got some experience with the West Coast offense and beyond, got everything else, and he's from Texas. How would you feel? Is that the same situation or something similar? Yes, yeah, something similar. It's a slap in the face, man. It's a slap in the face because, mm. you know, you want management to show you some loyalty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, You'll trust him. It's like anything else. You'll trust him. You'll go the extra mile for him. You'll do um, whatever you need to do to be successful for that organization if you feel like they are loyal to you. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start to feel that they aren't loyal or that you know they feel like they can replace you, and then you start looking at it from a business standpoint yourself, you're like, okay, I got to look at it from a business standpoint now. Mm-hmm. I got to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about the Cowboys. I'm not concerned about Jerry. I'm concerned about Dak. I'm concerned about Anthony. And uh, that's kind of what happens when those situations come up. That's some good stuff, And man. you know what? Just how you just saying that, because here's my thing, and this is how I feel. If I had my owner and I made a show about this, A-Dub, that mm-hmm. I made a show that if I was sitting down, right, watching TV, and mm-hmm. I kept on seeing my um, owner jumping on TV saying, well, you know what? Well, he's our franchise, but we got to spread the money. We got to be able to pay everybody. We got to be able to do this. And then you go ahead and sign an Andy Dalton, just like you said. In my heart, I'm thinking, you know what? I just blood, sweat, and tears for you for four years. Mm-hmm. I never missed a game. I did everything you wanted me to do. I came out of nowhere. Y'all didn't think I was even going to be doing this in these four years. Mm-hmm. And then y'all still continue to play me. And then when I'm sitting out trying to get my money, which is the right thing to do on their business side is yes. to cover their back. They're doing the smart thing by going and getting a capable quarterback because Cooper Rush wasn't the dude. Right. But if you're a franchise quarterback and you're looking like you're saying I'm the franchise, but where 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 are you showing me I'm the guy? So there, that's when you have to re reevaluate and change your mind frame and say, you know what, I got to get mines now. Is that yes. not correct? Isn't that what most you most NFL players do, big dog? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Because, like you said, once you go through it and you experience it, mm-hmm. then your, your mindset changes. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like um, it's not like college, right? The loyalty with college. When the pros, though, uh, the owners are only loyal to the team because mm-hmm. the owners are going to always be there for the most part, right? 
Right. The mm-hmm. players players come and go. Players come and go. And so Jerry can tell you, hey, you're my guy. You're my guy. You're my guy. But then that money is going to be the dictator. Mm-hmm. That money, it's when he always. pays that money, that's the, that's the telltale right there. And if you keep telling me that, but you don't want to pay me, now I can't really believe what, you say, what you're saying to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I got this wonderful analogy right here. You don't go buy a Porsche and park it outside when you got a garage. Exactly. You already calculating. I got this Porsche. I'm going to make sure I cover it up. I'm going to make sure, or at least buy a cover for it, for crying out loud. Yes. <laughs> you yes. don't let people walk by and put fingerprints all over it. You make yes. sure you covet that a little bit. And I don't care what nobody says to me. Dak Prescott at this point is not the face of the franchise. At least they are not treating him like that Porsche or like that new car. They letting that thing sit outside, letting the media rip him apart, letting his fan base have all of the craziest, nefarious thing that they would say about Rain Dakota Prescott. And although he's doing everything, never been suspended, never missed a game like my dog Big Game James just said, never had none of this stuff. And all he does is show up on Sunday and you leave him outside in the rain and allow people hey, to put their fingerprints all him. over him. Come on now. The writing yeah, is tough. on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's it's tough. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And that's no, why, go ahead. That, that's why it's hard for me to, and when you ask me about him being paid, it's like, you know, I want him to get as much money as he can get. True. Mm-hmm. I want him to get his because I understand the business. And I understand how it works. Now, whether I feel like way he, if he's good enough to get that money, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I want you to get everything that you get because the market, the market. You know what I was looking at the other day? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on Instagram. It's the top 10 highest paid athletes mm-hmm. in the world, all sports. And so I'm, I'm reading the list. I think like I think like, <laughs> I I think think like Roger Federer Roger <laughs> was first, something like that. So I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading. And I get down and I see Kirk Cousins. number number nine wow and then i see carson wentz Wentz, number 10 and i'm looking at this and i I had to reread i had to go back to the top and make sure i didn't i didn't read it wrong (laughs) i was like wait a minute all athletes Mm. kurt cousins Kirk Cousins, the number His nine. agent is a beast. A beast. He, he's one in four against Dak Prescott, collectively speaking. And wow. uh, uh, Carson Wentz, he never won a playoff game. They got rid of the only quarterback to ever win them the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. I know a lot of people would put their trust and love in Carson, but Dak Prescott, from where he was drafted and from what he did for the organization – Come yes. on now. Come on, Jerry. Yes. Yeah, Dak, Dak should get paid. Dak should I mean, get paid. And, and, you know, the thing is, mm-hmm. it's funny to me, A-Dub, is that how they always play this little game in the media, mm-hmm. and then y'all always end up paying them. It's almost like, why are you playing the game? Because you mm-hmm. said you weren't setting any records with a Demarcus Lawrence. You mm-hmm. said you weren't setting the bar with Ezekiel Elliott. You said you weren't doing with Zach Martin. You said you weren't doing with all these guys, and you end up paying all of them. So the point is, why play the games? Mm. Get a man what he wants. Y'all keep on talking these five-year deals, man. Get this man his four-year deal. Everybody else is on him. He's earned it. Let him do his thing and try to get this championship because at the end of the day, you got the coach that you said you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got a good draft that just came in. You yep. got players that at their at their prime, their prime peak. Stop playing the game and get mm-hmm. the championship. If you're really talking about the chip, 
there shouldn't be no reason why Dak Prescott isn't signed. What do you think? I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, there, there's no reason Dak shouldn't be signed. Um, you know, like I said, everything you just stated before, as far as him, the last four years not missing the game, uh, going out there and being some of the top statistics in the league, um, he's performing. You know, he's performing statistically. So, if 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 Kirk Cousins can get paid, you feel me? <laughs> then Dak should be able to get paid. Right. Kirk Cousins ain't one Jack Poo, and he is eating. You got two straight. Uh, and, and here's the thing, even with the Redskins, the GM said, you are not our guy. Yeah. That's why he didn't sign that. He said right. that right. he said he told him, right. you're not our guy. That's why we're not signing you long term. We don't believe in you. But you still and Kirk Cousins said, you know what? All right. I'm not going to be afraid of the tag. I'm going to take it two straight years. I'm going to next after that. I'm going to get three guaranteed three a guarantee contract and then you get a two-year extension on top of that and you ain't won nothing hey and this this is the two thing right here what have the redskins done since they got rid of kirk cousins on top of that think about this i don't think that dak prescott got the longitude and the latitude to do what a kirk cousin did with that franchise tag because here's why the Dallas Cowboys are more marketable and more talked about than the Redskins when he did that with for the Redskins, for Kirk Cousins, whatever he did over there, you see. And mm-hmm. on top of that, if I'm Dak, and this is just me, I'm not telling him what to do, of course. Mm-hmm. But if I got $35 million, I don't know what the guaranteed money is on the table, which could be around $610 million guaranteed, five years, stretched mm-hmm. over five mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I would not bet on myself a second time because he bet on himself last year. I would not bet on myself a second time because mm-hmm. week four fail, of the season. They're going to take that money away. All he got is the, all he's going to have is at 31. Right now, Cam Newton is looking for a job. Right now, yes. uh, uh, Jameis Winston just got a, a $3 million deal or $2 million, some crazy low, you know. Yes. So it's not promised yes. that he's going to make that creme de la creme money. That's the only thing that I would say to him. Yeah, that's the only thing that I would say. I mean, listen, a lot of people will say there's a big difference between forty and thirty-five or whatever they're offering them. But like you said, it's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. No guarantees. And if you're giving me that type of money, it will be hard for me to turn that down because I feel like I need another five or six right. or whatever. I mean, me personally. Yeah. I- I feel you. Uh, well, let's hope that this thing gets together, man, because like I said, it's frustrating what's going down. But as you said, uh, Ada, I, I see both sides. Like part of me says, you know what, hold, hold strong, stay firm and what you want to do. But then when I listen to George and then I'm listening to you, too, is like you ain't never made 35 mil a year. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. You ain't never made 35 million a year. Right. You've been making bargain basement bread, and now you can be making 35 million a year. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be the franchise, and you say you don't want to go nowhere else, you want to be long term with Dallas. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah. just this thing is just kind of tricky. And just listen to Teague yesterday. He was like, "Listen, man, don't go above your your means because that money got, might get taken away from you, and then you're gonna be sitting there thinking like, damn, I should have go ahead and took that.' Exactly." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's a gamble. That's why he's gambling. I mean, it's, it's a big time gamble that, he, that, he, that, he's, that he's doing. Yes, um, indeed. Uh, for me personally, it would be tough. Um, but, you know, hopefully whoever his agent is, 
Todd France. Todd Francis, hopefully he knows what he's doing because he doesn't want to be that guy. <laughs> you don't want to be that agent, right? You don't want to be that agent. No, you do not. You, do not. <laughs> you mean to tell me, you know, what's that dude? Uh, was it Coach? What's not uh, Judge Joe Brown? Me, you call it crackhead move. What was that dude? You mean yeah, to tell me? Yeah, Joe Brown. You say you mean to tell me you stole the car from your <laughs> auntie? <laughs> That's him. <laughs> well, hey, that guy, that his his agent oh. does not want to be that guy. Oh my no. goodness, man! Don't want to be that guy at all. It, it, we hey, all hey, don't hey, want hey, to be that guy. Hey, hey, Dub, we ain't gonna hold you because I know you got something to do. But I want to ask you one one thing. I yes. just want you to tell me the one story because yes. me and you talked about it on the last interview. Uh-oh. When you talked about when you were there in Dallas for those couple of years, tell yes. me what you saw Jerry Jones do in your quarterbacks meeting. Uh, he was in a meeting with us, taking notes. <laughs> Explain all that, dog. I mean, we would be in the in the meeting room. Uh, say like so. Uh, Friday, Friday morning, um, we would come in to watch film, mm-hmm. and Jerry would be in the meeting room with a playbook, listening and going over the plays with us. <laughs> So wait a minute now, hold on. So you no mean lie, to bro. tell me? <laughs> Jerry was in the meeting room with us. Uh huh. With a playbook. Oh my goodness. Like like Jerry knew the plays. Jerry knew. He knew the offense. He was in there with us. My God. It was it was it was amazing. It was it was it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it's like the owners in here meeting with us. It was weird, man. It was just like a weird dynamic, but. He's the owner, so he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't That's care. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, one of, one of my mods over here uh, uh, for, uh, for for the guys, man, said Todd France was his Jack, Dak Prescott agent. He got um, what's the guy named uh, Tanny Hill? His paper for oh, eight games. I did So I didn't know that. So, I mean, well, that's why he probably because I think I don't think Todd France was his original agent because mm-hmm. I think he dropped an agent and he switched to them because Xavier Woods went with them that CIA uh, represented because those guys get that money and mm-hmm. it's funny when you see those guys drop certain agencies that aren't really getting that bread and they do it right before let's say they got one year in their deal all of a sudden you see them drop their agent and get one of these high profile agents mm-hmm. because guess what what is that telling you. I need to get that money, and the current guy I got is not going to be aggressive enough and get my money. So that's why they drop these guys and go with these top guys. Mm. I agree. Mm. I agree. That's it's, crazy, it's, man. It's a gamble. It's a gamble, though. Yeah, mm. it's a gamble. Well, yeah. let's 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 hope this gamble ain't bad, cause dog, we need some. We need Dak Prescott in here, cause okay, yeah. I I know you about the red rifle and all that good stuff, but you ain't one Jack Pooh, and you a backup, and we ain't winning no damn Super Bowl <laughs> with no Andy damn Dalton. Okay, no, no you're not. <laughs> yeah, what's your what's your scouting report on him? You know, you gave us uh, your thoughts on uh, Dak Prescott. What's your uh, scouting report on old Andy? I think he's a good backup. Okay. Um, you know, I think he'll be able to. So with a backup, what you're looking for is a guy that can go in and play with no reps. Mm-hmm. They can fill in, fill in well with no reps, and uh, I think he should be able to 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 to, uh, to make that make that transition. Um, I mean, he was playing for the Bengals, so not like you know he was playing for a legit a legit team right. or a legit mm-hmm. franchise. But 
the same time, he's a, he's a veteran. He's he's played a lot of games. He started a lot of games, so mm-hmm. he should be able to go in when need be and uh, and finish off games. Most certainly, man. I ain't going to hold you long, man. Jays, what else you got for? Oh, I just want to tell you, hey, man, I appreciate you. We kind of did it on the fly. You know, I know you had some stuff to do. But I definitely appreciate you once again jumping on here, big dog. Thank you, Um, um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing some stuff during the year with um, a lot of the other Cowboys that have come on, probably some uh, analysts. And what I was talking about was we had uh, George Teague was talking about doing some stuff. And what I was wanting to throw out there to you, Anthony, since you was a quarterback, When we do some maybe some film study during the uh, uh, you know the week on a game, maybe yeah. you can jump in and we do an all twenty two and you break down what the quarterback sees so you can show the viewers right. because you played the game at a high level. Yes, we want to be able to see from the quarterback's eyes, be able to break down what they see. So if you're able to come back during the season and throw that in for us, that'd be awesome, man. Uh, it'd be yes, my indeed. pleasure, man. Yes, indeed, okay, man. Yes, all right, sir. now now y'all all heard it right. This is recorded. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Count me hey, in, man. Okay. Hey, man, we appreciate you, big dog, and thank you for your time, man. And we're going to talk to you soon, big dog. Um, you guys have a good one. Hey, man, well, stay safe. You too. Salute. Yes, indeed, man. Good stuff, man, from – Good stuff. Good stuff from hey. a man. Good stuff. So, big game, James, how you feel about the interview, man, and – Hey, I love A. Hey, I love A dub. And like I said, he keeps it real funky. And and what I want to do is like we were just talking about, bring mm-hmm. him on when like when we were talking about with Teague and and you we let's say we're talking about the safety position, right? Mm-hmm. We've been having problems with the safety position. So we do the all 22, we break it down, we bring in George Teague. So hey, this is what you need to look mm-hmm. at, and this is what you need to see. So hey, you bring in A dub. We're talking right. about quarterback play, and guess what? We're running all twenty-two, and you he's showing you this and that because a lot of people don't understand. Anthony Wright, in my opinion, didn't get a get a fair shot in Dallas, and he had the injuries. You heard what he said that right. they liked him his his year, his first mm-hmm. year there, but he had the injury, so they started looking elsewhere. And once they drafted Quincy Carter, I feel like he was their guy. But if you look at what Anthony Wright did, he didn't have a bad season, his second season with Dallas. And when they let him go, he went to Ravens. He turned up when he had a team around him. He surely did, man. And um, I I think that quarterback play is all about the opportunity. And it's all about also how fast you can pick up what the offense is trying to do. And how can you can dissect what the defense is trying to take away from what your offense is trying to do. So he brought in some good stuff, man, uh, especially giving us some background information on Jerry being all in the meetings and stuff like that. That's crazy, right? (laughs) That this The owner, the owner. Yeah. And when he told me that the first time I interviewed him, he told me that Jerry was sitting in the meetings and knew all the plays. Remember how it's so funny how we talk about Jerry being on the sidelines and Jerry was the coach. Well, Mm -hmm. to me, that proves it. Yeah, that, that absolutely proves it. That absolutely proves it, that he was like the coach, like he was the guy. Because let's think about it. When when Jimmy Johnson was gone, right, mm-hmm. they had Chan Gailey. Maybe he wasn't on him that much, but Dan, I mean, Dave Campo was to me like a Jason Garrett. Right. Maybe Garrett, Garrett was better in a, in a sense, but nobody was looking at Campo thinking that Campo was going to do anything with Dallas. Did no. we really think that? No. Nah. Nah. So let, if we, we let two of the best coaches go. 
You but feel me? Mm-hmm. So if we if we feel that way, Law, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think Jerry Wayne Jones thinks, as you said? Yeah. If we thought that, he probably had no confidence in him. So that's why he was probably sitting his butt in there mm-hmm. in the quarterback meetings because he's thinking, I don't really believe in you, Campo. So I'm going to babysit the way he probably did with Jason Garrett. Yeah. It seems to me that he backs off a little bit when he had Parcells, and now I think he'll back off now because he has a guy who's been there and done that. But whenever mm-hmm. Jerry gets a coach that he feels that ain't been there and done that, he's going to have his handprints all in that. Yes, indeed. He's going to have his hands all in it. And we missed out on a lot of opportunities. What? We had uh, Zim, Coach Zim. You know, he he, he would have been a good situation for us. Oh, my and God. And Sean Payton, those were the two guys. Uh, maybe you can say about uh, what's that coach that went over to the Jets and the brother? I forgot his, his what's his last name. He was on his roster um, for a cup of coffee, uh, and then he got became the head coach for the Jets or what have you. But we had some Tony people. Bowles, Tony Bowles, yeah, yeah, Coach Bowles. So I mm. mean, we had some people. You, I don't want to say the uh, the other guy uh, from Miami. We went to Miami. He didn't really pan out that well. Was it Spagnola? Spagnola. Spagnola. Yeah. May mm-hmm. rest in peace. But um, we missed out on a lot of opportunities. And one can say a lot of this stuff has changed because it's water under the bridge because we got uh, uh, Will McClay in here. And since he mm-hmm. had his fingerprints in this thing, we got some, you know, some good stuff as it relates to um, – uh, drafting opportunities and, and player evaluations. But outside of that, man, we was in some dark ages. Oh, that was the dark ages. When we had Campo, <laughs> that was the dark ages. And what's so crazy is that um, he played. What's so weird about it mm-hmm. is that we got Woody, we had <laughs> Teague, we had Wright, and all of them played with each other at the same time. Wow. Wow. That That's crazy. You know what I'm and saying? they all gave us some nuggets, too. And they all gave us nuggets Ooh. from each side of the thing. You know, when we were listening to Teague, right, and I believe when you when we listened to Woody, isn't it messed up that we we had um, Zimmer on the squad, right? <clears throat> and remember, people were hating on Zimmer, remember? Right. People, that's why Zimmer was gone, because they were hating on him, saying his D was whack and it was outdated and this and this and this. He goes over to Cincinnati, turns up, goes into Minnesota, and look what he's doing. That mm-hmm. could have been a future coach for us. Yeah, him or, or Sean Payton or what are sure, those dogs, If they would have just been, <clears throat> Jerry just would have did it the right way. Yeah. But you see how Jerry was impatient, and you had a lot of guys from that staff go other places, and they're successful. Yes, indeed. I just mm. like, That's why I can't wait to talk to the other side of the coin, Patrick Creighton, you know. Oh, my gosh. So so now hey, we, hey. I'm going to rub it in and say, Woo! hey, we just had huh. A-Dub, and A-Dub mm. was like, man. We we was looking at them like, oh, you guys have already penciled y'all self into the Super Bowl. That's crazy how he was saying that, right? And oh what's crazy God. how he was on that squad, right? He was on the Giants <laughs> team. Isn't that crazy? And he was saying that Jerry had already purchased tickets for next week. Yes. Who else was on that team? Uh was it uh was it was Canty? Who? Oh, Chris Canty was he on that team too? Did he get a Super Bowl with the Giants, or that was he got it from the 2011 Giants? I think he did get a Super Bowl victory. I think he did. Mm, we got to bring him on to get all of the sauce and the secrets of what happened. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, I think I think it was because remember he was bragging about it because remember mm-hmm. Canty was nasty for us. We let him go, and then he goes and wins. Yeah, man. He went with the Giants and was turning up over there. Man, oh man, oh man. man it's just I, funny how people crazy. leave the Cowboys and go do good somewhere else. 
Yes, indeed. I, I'm not glad that we got that insight with Mike Nolan. That that makes me sleep better at night, believe it or not. <laughs> Man. Knowing knowing that he's in that, here. That was great, Nuggets, was it not, yeah. Law? It was good, man. Hey, while we was live, I know you probably got some donations, man. You got any shout-outs oh, over there? Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let me get the, let's get them shout-outs to the right. donations over here. Yeah, let me get them shout-outs because I had some new members too. But let's get some shout-outs. But, yes, before I give these shout-outs, that was huge, Nuggets, when he said Mike mm-hmm. Nolan. You brought mm-hmm. it up. Good good call right there, uh, <laughs> big dog, that you Appreciate called it. it. I, I forgot Mike Nolan was even over there. But then when you hear him saying that, listen, you got a gym in Mike Nolan. He said, I don't know what Mike Nolan's doing now, but when I remember he was there, he was turning up. You never knew what he was going. But then when I listened to his interviews, Law, mm-hmm. he was saying the same thing in his interviews. And he, that, he said he used to give that our offense fits in practice. Yeah. I love it. Hey, and especially bringing in the different blitz formations and the different blitz packages. And I know right now, we can't put our fingerprints on it and say, well, you know, Jalen will be the next Ray Lewis. I know that that's almost like blasphemous to say that. Nevertheless, we can look at it and say, well, maybe this coach can see something and blitz him a little bit more instead of dropping him off in coverage and, be, you know, whatever else they had him doing. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, he said, yep. Uh, David Jenkins says, yes, Canty did get a Super Bowl with the Giants. So that was correct on that one. Oh, wow. But let me go ahead and give my yeah. shout-outs to my peoples. Then you give your shout-outs to you, and we can keep on moving because we yeah. got to talk about this damn Drew Brees thing, man. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout-out to my dog, Ford Perrier. And and Perrier. guess how I said? I, I, I said Perrier. I need a $20 holler, and he came through the clutch with the jumping right off the top turnbuckle and hitting you in the head with a $20 holler. For Perrier, you know how we do. I love yeah. you for life, dog. And then I got Andres Nunya. He hit me with the <laughs> 911 holla. So we appreciate you as well. And also, we have some upgrades on member TX Bread. Texas Bread 83 is a supreme member now. And also, my dog, the Ninja, he moved up to the supreme status as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's keep getting them donations popping, man, because yeah. guess what? If there's camp, me and Law going to be there, and y'all got to help me get there. Yes, indeed. And uh, i like to just give a shout-out to my dog, man, Skywalker Steel. He's not here, but his presence is here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> his presence is still here, man. So y'all salute to him, man, his channel. We live on his channel. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, he had, to, he, had, he had to do some things with his family. You know, we always put family before everything. Family's always here, first. You know, so family first. But we all family here, Cowboy Nation. We all bleed silver and blue. Now, if you cut us, you know, we 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 going to bleed silver and blue, but we're going to fight. We're going to throw them hands, too, now. <laughs> we're going to throw them hands We're going to throw them hands like, dog, you cut me. <laughs> you yeah. see that blue coming out, but watch these fist to cuffs. Uh, but shout out to June Bug, man. Really appreciate you for making the donation to help elevate the nation. Stuart Morrison, Landon, man, all of you guys are like sponsors to this show because you keep helping this thing grow with your love and support and adulations and also sports guru. And he put 95 on his last name on this thing. Man, I, I like love that. it, man. Sports Guru Sports 95. Sports Guru, good with you. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. So uh, shout out to all of the Mars, Miss Jackie, J Farm, D. I can't wait to see you out there in the start in Frisco because you know we're going to be there. If they mm-hmm. allow, the, uh, I guess, the fans to go there. Let me know. Let me know, Jay, if they're going to allow the fans to at least tiptoe, at least see from a distance. Please, Jay, you know? give us the inside us info. Inscoops. You got it all. Yeah, and salute to Vaughn from Shreveport, fam. 
Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dog over there. I said, uh oh. Yeah. Mine don't play around. Hey, Boothay, can I get my drink? <laughs> Bozier right. City, baby. Shout out to Bozier City, too, man. Bozier and y'all City. don't forget oh, to put he, that he, he over there in Boozy Land. No, nah, no. Nah, I don't think he's from Bozier City. I just know that in okay. the area over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man, what else you took away from old, old good old A Dub? Man, I just took away that, you know what? He's a guy that uh, mm-hmm. is supremely confident. You know, he was right. a guy that I felt like he really felt like he maybe not got his just due in the league. Mm-hmm. I think injuries kind of hurt him, but I don't think he felt like he really got his just due. Because as I said before, when he had his opportunity, I mean, he did some good things in, in the league, and I don't think he really got the opportunity in Dallas. I think it was predestined when Jerry Jones, like he said, when and you know, I like having that's why we like bringing the intel. You feel right. me? Um, law, that's why we like bringing the intel because see, we would have never known about him having a knee injury. No. He was saying that how he did good his year and they were looking at him being the guy next year, but they found out he had a bad knee and they were like, mm-hmm. eh, we don't think you have any upside. So Quincy Carter gets drafted. You we never would have known that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like the Romo story. That's what I love is because we're hearing stories that we didn't even know, and now you see why Quincy Carter was drafted. Wow. And and just the writing on the wall with Ryan Leaf. Man, he's saying he was playing at the Raiders game and Jerry was recruiting Ryan Leaf. I mean, good. Grief. That's crazy. And at the time, people don't understand this. Ryan Leaf was absolutely not trash. just trash, but you ever took trash, out the trash hot, and garbage, you see that juice? Garbage. You see that juice at the bottom of the trash that they somehow left in, a, in, in, in the circumference of the trash can? That was man. Ryan Leaf at the time. And trash. for them to bring him in, it was like, come on, man. Come yeah, on. I mean, and you know, and you heard what he said. Mm-hmm. He said when he found out. And that's when these players and I like listen to these guys because that's when they tell you this is a business. Right. This is a business. All these people out there be thinking this is an entertainment thing and mm-hmm. everything's all this is a business, guys. Yeah. And when they first signed that contract, it's a business. And you heard what he said mm-hmm. when he saw that they were going after Ryan Leaf. He went right and fixed his knee because he yes, said, you know what? I'm probably not going to be here. I got to be able to prepare for my next contract uh-huh. or where I'm going to go next. So I have to be in tip top supreme condition so i can get my next contract because it's not going to be here in dallas right and he said i use jerry wayne jones's dime <laughs> <laughs> he said i'm gonna get my knee to matter of fact oh, i need yeah. the other one rotated man and lift it a little bit you know I, I, i'm getting that knee done asap <laughs> right, right now don't forget to armor all them ties while you're at it baby <laughs> Oh, I forgot, man. I forgot. Shout out to all of the Facebook people, man. Hey, y'all Facebook continue. And all yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Jimbo, appreciate you. I see you holding it down, regulating. John what up, Jimbo? Bean. And uh, Christopher McNair. Shout out to you. Uh, and Hawkins, man, everybody, man. Uh, appreciate you guys. And thank you as well. Gregory with the $16 holla, man. Really appreciate $16 you. $16 holla. Yes, Ryan. Hey, he was at Dump. dump the juice anybody who wore number 99 was kind of horrible can y'all make that donation man <laughs> but man what else you got man as far as this uh this uh interview oh, process, right on time man. i was about to i was about to text her mm. where's my drink oh <laughs> I, had, I i had to get my mm. drink what, what, what i you had got? what you boot got thing was wait what boot uh, thing got you, you? Know, 
No, you don't want to know about oh, that, okay, man. People okay, gonna say right. you ghetto. Yeah, I'm okay. drinking that two eleven. People gonna say you ghetto as hell. You're too old to be drinking that, man. Hey, I still drink old English. I still drink old English King Cobra, all of it. So if you don't like it, I don't care. Is that is that reserve steel? Is that what two? That's that steel reserve steel. I see that to the backwards. You heard me say that two eleven. Yeah, I know that steel reserve. I know steel steel reserve. This episode, the late night hype, is now brought to you by. Still reserved. Still reserved. Hey, Miller Light. Hey. Don't don't forget to hit us up, Miller Light now. <laughs> Miller Light. Hey, we need that sponsors, man. Get on holler ass, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Hey, let's talk about Drew Brees, dog. Oh my goodness. What the hell? I mean, we need that drop that my dog always drop over there. Skywalker. We need, yeah, we need <laughs> Skywalker right now because we need all them little side things. Yeah. Get your damn act together. Yeah, what my thing is and, and of course, we didn't get a chance to do the behind the scenes with A Dub, but he spoke real, real, real about it too. Right real before we went live, it. you know. Uh, what he say? Put that in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a time. Ecclesiastic says it's a time and place for everything. I had to go to the Bible and reach and pour this out to people. It's a time and a place for everything. And during the height of this particular climate, you know the late night hype. We don't back down. And we don't fold like lawn chairs on any topic. Ain't that no. right, James? So no. we, we looked at that and we said, man, what the world is he talking about? Even got Michael Thomas in. Hush, Your all players are saying that, bro. Man, come on. You got Michael Jenkins who just came over said, "F you." You got Michael Thomas saying, "Oh my God, we ain't listening to you." You got a new receiver in Emmanuel Sanders saying, "Oh man, that's straight trash." Drew Brees. True. You forty something years old and you play for the New Orleans Saints. You don't play for the Idaho blah blah blah. You play mm. for the New Orleans Saints where it's a melting pot of everybody. Mm. And you have this sensitivity going on right now. You have the sensitivity going on right now with the nation. Now, I'm not saying you can believe how you want to believe. But right. with the sensitivity, senti sensitivity of these issues right now, you don't stand up and say, well, I don't believe anybody should disrespect the flag. And then <laughs> you're going to use that lame stuff about your grandfather, bro. Right, right. You're going to say, well, when I think about the flag, I think about my grandfather back. No, you don't. No, you, you just don't. you just trying to cover up your ass right now because you ain't got <laughs> nothing to say. You ain't going to sit there and say what no other minorities or whatever in that military, which you fighting along your grandfather. Cut it out, Drew. The problem is you shouldn't have said nothing in that aspect. Don't yeah. do that right now. Not right now. The climate, man. Just understand. The climate, Look, dog, the climate right. like that right now, man. Man, he should have been PC'd all the way up. He should have been like, you know what? Right now, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Making sure my wife is okay. Making sure the kids are going to school, getting everything ready. Uh, we just went through a, a crazy epidemic going on right now. Pandemic going on right now. So I'm just gonna just sit back. We would talk about this another day. I appreciate your time. I thank you guys for reaching out to me. Who that? You know, that, whatever they say at the end, you know. <laughs> I mean, that would have been, you wouldn't have had any problems with that at all if you were mm -hmm. saying that. Right. But you're going to go out there and say that, and especially like you're one of the elder statesmen mm -hmm. in, in the league. Mm 
So a lot of people are looking to you and you, and when you see when he said that, how many people on Twitter players were like, Oh, come on, mm-hmm. Drew, not come Drew, on, not man. Drew. Everybody was loving Drew. But mm-hmm. now when you hear that, we're thinking, come on, bro. Like you're, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Half of the NFL is minority minorities right. or, or black. Right. Okay. So for you to sit there and say that, I'm not going to be disrespecting the flag, and it's not about the flag. It was never about the flag. It was about the brutality and what it was representing, but it was never a disrespect to the flag. And I hate when people say that. It's just a cop-out and excuse, Law, Mm -hmm. because my whole family is military, dog. Mm-hmm. Mine too. My whole family. Yeah. My father was military. My mother was military. My sister was military. My brother's military. My son was military. Mm-hmm. Pretty much my whole family was military. And I guarantee you, none of them sat there and said that was disrespectful. And when Kaepernick even went to the man and said, Don't sit on that bench, take a knee, because that's going to be more respectful. And he still does that in a peaceful manner. And then you're going to have the nerve to say, That's disrespectful. That makes no damn sense, bro. Right. And you shouldn't be that far behind when it's 2020. Yeah, yeah. Especially being the leader in the face of your particular franchise. Got everybody in the bind now. And we already know that's the party city. People talk about partying everywhere else. But, man, when you go down to New Orleans, you party. And nine times out of ten, it's multitudes of people that don't look like each other down there having a not a good time, a great time. Come on. That's a melting crazy. pot. That's yeah. a melting pot, man. Yeah. So you you got to be a lot more sensitive, especially when you're the face of a franchise. Um, so, you know, and we had a little tweet about it. <laughs> you want to talk about that tweet? You want to talk about that tweet? Man, talk go ahead. That. Open it up, man. Kick I, it down. I'll open it up. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we had yeah. a gentleman. I ain't going to say the name. Yeah. But he comes on our Twitter. Mm-hmm. He tells us, well, you know what? I like y'all, but I ain't listening to y'all no more. I'm not following y'all. I'm not listening mm-hmm. to y'all. I heard Drew Brees, and I'm a New Orleans Saints fan now because he is respecting the U- the military and our veterans, and so I'm going to go ahead and stand with him. <clears throat> what? What? <laughs> you sound, excuse my language, you sound dumb as hell. Yeah, he does, man. You sound dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. You're going to say that you were a loyal Cowboys fan, which that's a damn lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden you're going to change from being a lifelong Cowboys fan. And you're not going to listen to our show any longer because Drew Brees <laughs> said this and about veterans. You sound stupid as hell, bro. Please. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you're gone. Yes, indeed. And, and people got to understand uh, taking the knee uh, is nothing to do with the flag. It's nothing to do with the flag. And peacefully, as a lot of people will say, peacefully protesting is part of the, uh, 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 I guess, the constitutional right to do a peaceful protest. And to think about it, just think about it, collectively speaking, from what Colin Kaepernick did, did, did all of those things for is what, what we're talking about now and is today's climate. Nevertheless, I do understand that those convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> it's crazy james it is dog it, you know like i said it doesn't make any sense because people are going off right <clears throat> oh we don't want the violence we don't want the looting we don't want the rioting we don't want that right but when you have a man <clears throat> who all he said was you know what mm-hmm. i am standing against 
the brutality of what the flag is standing for. I don't hate the flag, but everything what it's standing for is not right. So I'm going to take a knee until things change. And when I see things changing, I'm more happily than stand. What is disrespectful in what him saying that and doing that? Okay. Yeah. Y'all yeah. hate on that, right? Because he's being peaceful. And then you hate on it when they're being people are going tearing up stuff, and it ain't just black folks tearing up shit. Yeah, you're right, man. Okay, and, yeah. it ain't it ain't black folks just tearing up shit. It's a whole bunch of everybody. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna tell everybody right now, we're all about football, <clears throat> and we do football all day. But yeah, these are reality right now, folks, and we can't get away from it. So if you don't want to hear these tough conversations, then yeah, you probably shouldn't be in the feed. We're not going to be about this every feed, but this is what's going on right now. This is what's going on right now. And this is what's going on right now. And that's just the reality of life, you know. Uh, protests are, are designed to go against the grain. Protests are designed to speak louder than, than the things that's going on. For example, <clears throat> when they threw all of that tea in the Boston River, you know, the Boston Ocean, wherever it was, mm -hmm. they threw the Boston Tea Party, you know, where they had the party over there. It was uncommon. And they didn't have Instagram and Facebook during that time frame. Don't you know that they were sitting there waiting like, hmm, these brothers haven't came up with our checks yet. Where our money at? So they had to send something over there. It took probably three months to four months. Hey, man, where my money at? Man, the money is in, in the ocean now. <laughs> we protested. We tired of paying all of this hot stuff. And if you're going to come over here, we're going to fight. We're going to pull up out. We're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to fight. And that's how the United States got here in so many other small terms. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes you got to go against the grain to make things happen. And this whole thing with the COVID, the pandemic uh, that's going on, and also with this, uh, you know, George Floyd, may he rest in peace, and also with his family, may they, you know, condolences out to them. We are seeking change. That's all that people that look like you and I are seeking. You know what I'm saying? Change. <laughs> that's all. I mean, and and here's the thing, mm -hmm. and I and I made a I made a video about a law. Right. And, you know, I don't want to take up the time about it, but it's reality. Like sure. I was brutalized by police. You know, I got a scar under my eye. I got stitches. I actually pulled them out myself. They said, don't do it. But I'm a hard head. I just pulled a stitch out myself. <laughs> right. uh, but, you know, I got jumped by four police and, and I was not in the wrong. I took a, I took them. I was going to take it to court law. Mm -hmm. Like I had a case. I had a star witness. And this was back before cell phones and everything kind of blew up. Mm -hmm. And so I needed that star witness. Right. Um, the police actually intimidated my witness. Um, to from not um, basically testifying because they were going to be in a lot of hot trouble. The attorney that I had got to go against them mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> was a <clears throat> one of the top guys in my state. Mm. Was one of the top attorneys. He seen my case and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely taking this because you got a case." You get wow. what I'm saying? So we went to we were going to go to trial for everything. Mm -hmm. I went to my friend and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And she said, "I can't do it." The police came to met me and I can't tell the rest because just a lot of complications with that. <clears throat> but basically she said, I can't do it. Police came to me and said, you know, some things and I'm just not going to do it. So I had to eat the case, end up taking it, going down, um, going, getting put on probation for something I didn't do. Um, because you know, some cops basically got overly aggressive with me. Mm -hmm. I never fought them back. I put my hands up. I never went against them. And yet they still did what they did to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I know firsthand when I hear about police brutality, um, I've been profiled. You, I'm sure you have went through it too, Law. And I'm not sitting there saying (laughs) you already know. (laughs) Yeah. Then my thing is like this ain't just about black folks. A lot of other people have dealt with this. Mm -hmm. It's about the police brutality. I mean, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that there need to be some type of reform. And we already know that not everybody is bad, just like not everybody is good. I think that the the amazing story uh, today was Dak Prescott and by yeah. him going over every line by line of how this is uh, creates anxieties uh, or, or trying to overcome a, a, a guess, a, a viewpoint of the way he looks and the way he got to walk around as it relates to him being just a human being, not given the same liberties and opportunities that everybody else uh, receive, but also got to stay up and keep it up and narrow and keep everything in front of him. I think that what Dak Prescott did today was very noble in a sense, meaning that he looked at both sides of the situation and said, okay, let me just provide extra funds so that they can go through sensitivity training so that they can go through the proper executions as relates to training so that we wouldn't be identified or profiled. I think that he did a very noble thing. I I think that was a Mm -hmm. great thing and he still got beat up for it. That's what's sad. That's the craziest thing of it all. That's the craziest (laughs) thing that that he still got hated on for it. But this was my thing about Mm -hmm. that whole situation. And I'm going to say something with my boo thing. I'm going to span upon that too. But if you really want change, you have to have these number one, more minorities need to be on the force. Okay. More minorities need to try to be officers or be in the force because I think that will maybe incite change because when you see, um, all different races on the force. I feel like maybe it helps bring things together. And also, like you said, reforms got to be programs and you have to go into these neighborhoods. These, these officers, these police have to go in these neighborhoods, mm-hmm. good or bad neighborhoods and build relationships with the people. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to build relationship with the people because if people are looking at the police in a negative light, and the police are not going to the neighborhoods and trying to build up a relationship. There is never going to be a connection with that. And it's always going to be a hate. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So people, the I think it needs to be more proactive with the officers because they have to step out and say, guess what? Mm-hmm. We're like you. Right. We, we're just like you. And we love that. They, ha- they have to show more of the love so people can be more responsive to it. And then when I heard my boo thing saying, you know, it's all it's some few bad apples. Yeah. I was listening to Chris Rock, and I don't know if you've seen it on the Twitter mm-hmm. where he was saying, you know, how people say, and I'm not getting on my boo about this, but you know, when people say, well, there's a few bad apples in the bunch <laughs> of police officers. He mm-hmm. said, you don't say that about airliners, do you? You don't say that about pilots. Well, there's a few bad apples that, well, this bad apple crashed a plane and he killed 300 people. That's a bad apple. Yeah. It's almost like an excuse on the force like oh it's a few bad you can't have a few bad apples as a police officer mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can't have them and and i think that you got to figure out a way that everybody uh, i love this saying each one teach one i think that they're contemporaries if they can figure out a way to help each other out meaning that if you're super aggressive look 
I just got to put this out here. This is just common sense, big game, James. Mm-hmm. You got people that can go all the way to Africa to the Serengeti, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. capture a wild lion, you know, capture an elephant, capture a gorilla without killing them. And, you know, I always say to myself, as 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 dangerous as those animals are, you know, they say a hippo is dangerous out there. You can bite you in half. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. think I'm lying, watch that movie. And I know it's a superstitious movie, but watch Jumanji. A hippo can eat you alive, bro. Yeah, it can. And them teeth hurt. <laughs> them teeth hurt. But they can go to the Serengeti and capture those uh, animals without killing them. How can you? How come you can't rest Tyrone without killing them? You know how come you right. can't get Pookie and Ray Ray without killing them? We right. got to figure out a way, and I'm not saying this to be funny or jokingly, but we got to figure out a way, and somehow, one way or another, the system and the style that we going at right now, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. Not in 2020. Not in 2020. You're right. <laughs> you know, we we we've come too far. Uh, with everything that's going on to go take mm-hmm. steps backwards. You get what I'm saying? It's just, that's the thing. We cannot continue to take steps backwards. So hopefully everything rectifies from this. And I just hope that self-awareness, I think that's the biggest thing with everybody right. is self-awareness because I'll be the first to tell you all police are not bad. Oh no. Uh, number one, I have uh, my, I have my uncle. I have two of my uncles that are on the force. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met police women and men. Mm-hmm. that have been very good to me okay been very gracious to me help me out so let me not sit there and say all oh, police are bad because that's a damn lie right but you have to weed out those ones that are not good and you have to take authoritative action on them immediately yeah. to make examples for the other ones who may contemplate thinking doing something like that mm-hmm. it's just like in the nfl we talking about right 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 if we're talking about, you can correlate it with the NFL. You have a headstrong coach that don't play them damn games, right? Well, right. <laughs> you step across the line, you cut. Right. Well, and if you cut a good player, what are all them other players going to do? They're going to back off and say, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I need to get my act together because it's all cool to cut a, a French player who's a 53 man. It's all good to cut him, yeah. but cut that man that's on the 20, uh, 20 man roster. You know, he's like <laughs> right. a really good player, and you cut his ass. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, all the other players that are top dollars gonna start looking like, you know what? I better get my act together because if they cut him, right, I'm no different. You'll cut yeah. me. You cut me. So if they're gonna do that to officers, and you do this to a person, no matter mm-hmm. if they are black or white, if yeah. you do this. These are the consequences. And when they are seeing that and that happening to them every time, more police officers, in my opinion, will start to open in their eyes. Yeah. They start saying, hey, whenever you whenever you get cut or whenever this happened, we're going to take money from the collective pension. I bet you people be start like, you know what? Y'all better get your act together. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. This is some good conversation, man. I hope that you guys can understand uh, where we coming from with when we talk about these uh, points right here. And uh, I do know that football unify a lot of things and, yeah, and, and sports does it as well as well and that's what we crave and that's what we want maybe this all this stuff can go you know pass on by you know but it it just will not happen until we have some type of reform and some type of change there it is Mm -hmm. and if you don't do it 
I mean, like I said, there's mm-hmm. no excuse for it now. Right. We're in a society where it's a melting pot. There shouldn't be racism, it, even though I don't we I don't think it's ever going to change in that aspect. There's always mm-hmm. going to be racism, in my opinion, right. because there's always going to be ignorant people. This 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 way <laughs> right. it is. Right. There's just always going to be ignorant people. I don't give a hell what you say. There's always going to be ignorant people. So I feel like there's always going to be racism, but we can still become more educated and 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 be smart about this, man. It's just like. It, this shouldn't be happening no more, law. That's just <laughs> shouldn't be happening. <laughs> right, no more. man. You speaking, you speaking real good stuff, fam. You are, yes, indeed, man. Any other uh, thoughts on your mind with this? Because I'm pretty not much, to me, man. You know, I'm ready for Cedric Wilson tomorrow. Oh yeah, man. And then we would have my dog back over here, man, holding it down mm-hmm. with the ones and twos, man. All the ones and twos. <laughs> hey, y'all don't understand how much we miss our chipper, 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 chipper DJ. <laughs> Skywalker, you know, See, you feel me? Because <laughs> this is that, that's what hey, ho, KMT with the five nine and four ninety nine. That's okay, KMT. You as a college student, so you be donating. So I give you all the love, and that jersey's mm. coming. I already got you set yeah. up, big dog. So come on, man, and make sure you take that picture of that jersey mm. when you get it. So we have a good ass time with that. You feel mm-hmm. me? But no, just I'm just excited about tomorrow. We we finally have offense. Mm-hmm. I'm an active offensive player, and we can see what Cedric Wilson is talking about, what he thinks about McCarthy, the offense. Um, and I'm excited about mm-hmm. that. And then we have what's her name? Uh, is it Dana? Uh, Dana? Man, I ain't gonna try to murder it. D. You just want, what, what are we gonna yeah, call we'll it? D. 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 Sunday. Gonna be here tomorrow, uh, Sunday, right? Yeah. She's Sunday. Yeah, she's Sunday. Okay, she yeah. worked with uh, Brian Broadus. She does a lot of stuff with DallasCowboy.com Network, and she's going to be on Sunday. And I'm waiting for Patrick mm-hmm. Creighton. I talked to my homie. I inboxed him, and so I'm just waiting for his response. But I'm thinking we could get Creighton for next Tuesday, for the Tuesday, next Tuesday, late night hype. That would yeah. be a beautiful thing. And we can suck all the juice up out of him. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to squeeze him, oh, man. We're going to squeeze him for all the information. Them juice out of him. <laughs> you grab him, I yeah, hold him. Uh, David Dixon says Danny Sirac. Sirac? Danny Sirac. Yeah, Carlos Molina. Thank you, Danny Sirac. She'll be on here Sunday, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Landon, man. He just made the donation to help elevate this thing. He says, just go through uh, watching, got, just got through watching a little uh, YouTube video from E2 channel. E2 Blue. Him, He's man. been in the feed. What's up with you? Salutes to you, E2 Blue. That's mm-hmm. my dog. That's my yeah, dog. He gave, he gave a shout out to both of us. That's what he uh, said over here, Landon. So appreciate E2 Blue, man. Y'all check him out, man. Follow his content. Follow his page. Look, Cowboys family, this is the greatest thing about it. Uh, we all may not look alike, right? You know, you know, we might not sound alike. But, baby, like I said earlier, we all bleed that silver and blue. And we're going to continue to give you guys what you need as it relates to this information for the nation from our objective thoughts, our opinions. And nothing is written down. Nothing is like, okay, scripted in a sense. It's just us. This is how you will talk to us out there in the streets or the streets, as they say, you know. <laughs> and the right big yeah. name, James. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely that. And I hear a lot of people say, I never, I don't know anything about uh, Danny. So I like hearing that. Mm, so I hear a yeah. lot of people giving her a lot of love. So that ought to be exciting. Mm. Um, I love having the ladies on here ladies. Um, because we have, we want to have more lady viewers, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ladies know some sports <laughs> nowadays. They, they've been on it. So uh, definitely can't wait to see, get her on there. 
talk to PC, talk to uh, Cedric Wilson. <clears throat> we got some more other people in the fold that we're working on right now as we speak that you're really going to love. I know, Law, you got a couple people that you mentioned that you're talking about. We don't want to throw the names out yeah, there. But, yeah. boy, if we told you these names, you'd be like, what? Yeah, what? that's right. We on it. We working on it. So just get ready, man. This is what we do, right, Law? We bring the late night hype, the real shit. Excuse the yes. language. We bring the real <laughs> shit. You listen to everybody that's on the feed as far as our guests. They say it's real over here. It's real. And they always want to let people know that, hey, this channel right here, we bring the heat, the yoga flame. <laughs> yoga fire. <laughs> yes, indeed, <laughs> man. All right, Cowboy Nation and everybody, man, the late night hype crew, we will rejoin tomorrow. Uh, James, you got anything else you're working on, fam? Oh, no, just uh, make sure uh, this is what I want y'all to pay attention to. One plug I'm going to do, two plugs I'm going to do. One, mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to my writing. I'm going to get back to writing my um, my uh, articles. I was writing articles for the Dallas Prospect, my dog DDP. Mm -hmm. He just hit me up today and said, hey, man, you want to start writing some articles for me again? Hell yeah, because I need to yeah. do that. So check out the writings. I'll be starting writing my, writing my articles again. Um, and also announcement that I'm thinking about jumping back in the high school realm, um, you know, as far as um, doing um, production like this um, with high school athletes, football and basketball. You know, I coach high school. Um, a lot of the athletes, I know a lot of the athletes out here. Um, so I'm thinking about really getting back into that high school game, um, you know, with the uh, basketball and football mm -hmm. and just kind of really. Um, getting these guys in college right you know getting these guys in school getting these kids in school uh, exposure for these guys oh you know hey mel hayes all right had patrick walker but we can bring him again oh yeah I bring old my, good pat on i, I need I, to talk I to him pat, <laughs> i can bring pat again i done had him on here twice uh -huh. i can bring him again jane slater we can holler at her we definitely can i mean yeah. i don't think she's gonna be off limits to us now we definitely gotta get brian brought us ain't that right law yeah bring the brothers in because y'all know he bring the fire too man and just bring in some raw uncut stuff as well katie so, drum we we, we yeah. look we, we y'all don't know we got so many people that uh, we're gonna be messing with <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yes indeed so cowboy nation man hit up the late night hype man when we live, join those notifications. Uh, subscribe to my channel. Subscribe to Skywalker Steel channel with the new feel. And Big Game James, Silver and Blue Nation. Man, everything else remained the same. Boy, let's go, Cowboy Nation. And remember. Let's go, baby. We'll see y'all tomorrow, man. And y'all better be in there dicking. Ooh, I said, I said deep and thick. <laughs> It's all good, baby, because, hey, hey you know the that innovator, the motivator. We all get this thing going one way or another, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. Hey. <laughs> My dog, big game James, baby. He going to put it down for the ladies over there. There you go. <laughs> it's the music. It's the feeling. It's the vibe. It's the flavor for the nation. One way or another, baby. Shout out to Q Child. Shout out to Root, Glock. Shout out to all of you guys. Jimbo over there. Ricky Bailey. Shout out to you all. That's been all time. I really appreciate you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to absolutely nothing but the best. Let's go. Big JJ. Big JJ. Big JJ.
Ha, ha, ha.